and welcome to another episode of Have You Seen? We're right up to episode 19 already, which seems crazy. It seems far too many. I thought we'd maybe yeah. do six and then get bored and give up. Yeah. yeah. Apparently yeah. not. Uh, well, uh, I'm Tom Webb, as always, and across the table is Kieran LaFour. Yes, still me. Sorry, we haven't replaced me yet. <laughs> um, so, okay, we've got A Night to Remember and Porco Rosso to review today. So yes. let's start with Porco Rosso, and then we'll go on to A Night to Remember a bit later on. That sounds like a, a, a solid idea. Shall I recap yeah, the please premise do. of Porco Rosso? Yeah, okay. please do. Uh, it's 1929, and World War One flying ace Marco Rossellini uh, has been cursed to look like a pig, and is, uh, we don't know why, I don't think it's ever explained why, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, he's been cursed to look like a pig, and he earns a living uh, mopping up seaplane pirates in the Adriatic. Uh, the pirates have had enough of this. They band together. They hire a flashy American to take him out. Uh, and this flashy American is here not only to compete with Marco for supremacy of the skies, but for the hand of Gina, who's the hotel owner and chanteurs that uh, Rosso slash Rossellini has a thing for. Mm-hmm. And we essentially build to a, a one-on-one collision between Curtis and uh, Porco. Yep. Uh, I should also say it's Japanese anime. Yeah. It's a Studio Ghibli production directed by the master of the form, Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. And uh, Tom doesn't usually go in for this sort of thing, so mm. uh, let's see where we ended up. Well, I think what what's interesting about anime particularly is that I have no... Um, I've nothing against it. I've no kind of. I just. It's one of those things I've just never really engaged with, and I don't know why. Sure. I just never quite made that connection. Mm. So when you pitched this to me, I was actually quite keen to watch it and to you know finally think, great, I can sit down, I can see something, start to finish, I can really kind of throw myself into it and see, you know, if I can engage in it and it become a new genre of movies that I can explore and have fun watching. And were you gripped by the biplane flying pig? Um, not really. Oh no. And uh, but uh, to be honest, I can't tell you why. Okay. I I honestly think I mean, I just I just don't know what to. Th- it's like it's really weird. I, my brain has seems to have this weird thing. I just can't form an opinion on it. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I didn't like it by any stretch. Right. I just wasn't that excited about it. I just couldn't really. You know, it just didn't do anything for me. Okay. I don't Can know I clear why. something up? You yeah. did actually watch it? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Did, I'm yeah, just yeah. making sure you're not copying out and no, you did not actually at all. watch the no, movie. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, I didn't make very many notes because I just didn't know what to make notes on. I can see yeah, I made a few. barely a third of a page. Yeah, which is <laughs> I, I can see me. a line that says, I have no idea why. Yeah, well, that kind of follows on from the line before. I don't know why I put a space. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the line before it is I found it. I found it very watchable, but I just mm. didn't really like enter into it. And I okay. don't. And I, just, I honestly, I have no idea why it doesn't, why that doesn't happen. Hmm. You know, because I, I can appreciate the standard of animation is really good. I can appreciate the, the stories are interesting and nice. The characters are well formed, and uh, you know, the the voice dialogue in this was good, mm-hmm. uh, which is often a bit of a ropey area when it comes to redubs. Yeah, like, oh, definitely. Find. Yeah, um, but especially this, when it comes to redubbing Japanese stuff. Exactly, and I mean, this was this was pretty good. Uh, you know, there's a, the occasional bit where they've had to ham fist a bit of dialogue in to just make it sync up a little bit with the voice, you know, with the lip movement and stuff like that. But that yeah. in this, it's very minimal. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, it's just it's just some sort of weird thing that just stops There's me really like a, going for it. A and screen saying, between you yeah, and anime. Huh. It's really odd. Um, but like I said, don't don't let that put you off pitching me anymore. Okay. Because I'm still quite willing to try and watch more and see okay. if there's anything that does click. There may be that one that just gets yeah, you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I, it's really weird. I mean, there were things I like, really liked um, right at the beginning. Hmm. There's a little sort of ticker tape typewriter effect that um, kind of sets the world. But yes. it's done in like five or six different languages. Yeah, headed by little fun little mouse things. L- yeah, little sort of, mm. I think they're tiny little pig's heads. Oh, um, yeah, they might be, yeah. Um, and that was really nice. I really like the way they they all kind of ran across the screen apart from one language which is read. I think it's the Arabic one. Yeah, yeah. it's read right to left. So yeah. that one went the other way. Which and it's I really slightly liked. longer. So when all the others are finished, it ticks out the, a little yeah, bit more. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I thought that was really nice. That worked really well. And like I said, the, you know, the standard of the animation is, you know, excellent as you'd expect from that studio yeah. particularly um, you know the characters were interesting the acting was really good it just I don't know what it was just didn't oh didn't do it and I don't know why it's really weird I can't describe what it is mm. so it's, I'd have thought you'd have really gone for a, a movie about a, a, a pig in an aeroplane yeah I know it's, <laughs> it's kind of like I, watching it I was thinking yeah this this I've, I should be really like really engaged and really into this and mm. I just it's just something not right and I don't know I really don't know what it is hmm very strange. I think it's, it's me rather than anything else. Yeah. Because I'd recommend that people, if you know, if you if you like anime and stuff like that, definitely watch it. And Not even, even, just even anime. Even if you don't, it's, yeah. it's, it's certainly um, one of the more accessible ones that I've seen mm. anything of. You know, I think if you if you want to try and see if you're interested in it, I think this is definitely a good one to start with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, just, I don't know what it is. It's just really weird. Hmm. Do you think if it was on TV one day, you'd be prepared to give it a second chance and quite see if po- there was something that... Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that I, cause I found it quite watchable. Mm. I, at no point was I looking at my watch, seeing yeah. how long it had gone, or I wasn't thinking oh, I would rather be doing something else. You I just weren't gripped. Yeah, I, I, so I could sit... Like, for example, if I happened to stumble off, you know, if there was nothing on telly mm. and it was on some remote channel, mm. I'd probably leave it on. Yeah. So, it's yeah, I don't know why. It's just... You know, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's a shame. I have to say, I'm I'm mildly disappointed, if only yeah, because no, it's one of my it's one of my favourite yeah. animations and probably one of my favourite films. Yeah, yeah. I do, like I said, I I really don't know what it is. It's something just really hmm. odd, just doesn't doesn't click for me. Hmm. Um, but that's by no means, you know, saying it's a bad movie. Is it a cultural thing? Do you have the same difficulties with Japanese live action movies? I don't think so. I mean, I how was, many Takeshi Kitano films have you seen? I've seen a few. I mean, uh, you know, I'm quite happy watching things like. You know, Hannah B and mm. uh, I mean Battle Royale, even Shall We Dansu. Yeah, and, huh. you know, and which I love. I mean, that's probably the one of the biggest hits of this show so far. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I completely forgotten that we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't think it is a cultural thing. I don't. Mm. It's just very odd. I don't know what it is. I d- I don't know if it's more to do with. I seem to remember as a kid, there were lots of cartoons that were in a similar style of mm. animation. I'm thinking things like Mysterious Cities of Gold and Dog Tanyon have got that kind of yeah, feel yeah. to I them. I think they were both uh, Japanese and European co-production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I, and I don't know if... Because I didn't always engage with those cartoons right. as a kid. Dog Tanyon is one of my mum's favourite things. Yeah, that one, wasn't, <laughs> that one I quite liked. But, I mean, things like Mysterious Cities of Gold, I'd probably mm. watch maybe like the first five minutes of it and then I'd go off and do something else. Cities of Gold was an old one. It was quite... It was really weird. Quite serious. Yeah. So, and then there was another. There was another one as well one about one. I, a girl I with I a dog. Girl with a dog. Bell or something like that. I don't know. I always love Ulysses Thirty One. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that I really good. need to get the DVDs of those. Yeah. That was a great series. But yeah, I mean, aside from that nostalgia, so I'm wondering whether it, there's something there, like from when I was a kid, like yeah, that when those kind of cartoons came on, I wasn't so engaged as I was watching, say, like Thundercats or Transformers. Yeah, I don't know. It's intriguing. Well, that was over quickly. Should we get on to No Night to Remember? <laughs> if, if you like. But like I said, feel free to pitch me others that sure. you think warrant, warrant watching because I know there are others yeah. out there, only things like Spirited Away, which I haven't seen, which are supposed to be you know, I need absolute to re-watch classics. That. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I recall really, really liking that. Yeah. Uh, and that was after I'd been to see Howl's Moving Castle, which I really didn't like. Right, okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll dig out my copy of Spirited Away and rewatch yeah. it. And yeah, because, I mean, I, I don't know, may, uh, maybe we can get over this weird mental block that I've got. Yeah. Because hmm. it's very odd. Um, I have no customer feedback. Yeah, I, I would have thought it'd be quite a difficult one to find. Well, no, no, really. no, no. There's loads of reviews on Amazon. Right. There's no bad ones. Oh, really? There's nothing below three stars. Right. Uh, and not even any grammatically hilarious five right. stars. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me there are no bad reviews because mm. I mean it's a, it's a good film. But I just like I said, I just don't my didn't thing. grab you. Yeah, didn't grab you. All right then. Uh, why don't you recap a night to remember? Okay, um, A Night to Remember is uh, a film made in 1958 about the sinking of the Titanic. Um, it is one of the most accurate portrayals of the sinking of the Titanic, although there are some inaccuracies due to the fact that you know they didn't find the actual ship until the mid-80s. So um, I, th- I think it's a little bit of 50s melodrama, but it's a pretty decent representation of what happened that that night and um i think it conveys the emotion and the chaos in a, in a pretty interesting and quite a modern way for for a film of that era so okay. what did you think okay interesting that you um describe it in that way okay with no mention of a story um because that's kind of the problem i have with it that there i didn't find a story yeah i think this is it's one of those sort of ensemble films it's, it's almost it. like but not quite like the kind of dramatized documentaries that you'll see on tv yeah i guess yeah i'm not a massive fan of those i would no, say nor am i i would say it's probably more I, I find it more akin to the disaster movies of the 70s like Tarantino kind of, yes, and yeah, an airport is. where you've got a lot of people doing lots of different things that are all kind of going on at the same time it is and this is one of my problems with it okay too many characters. Right. Uh, I, I'm going to sound like an idiot. I got confused between the multiple boats. Right. Okay. It's all black and white. It's yeah. very similar production design on each boat. Yeah. And I, there were points where I wasn't sure if I was on the Titanic, the California, as gotcha. Car- Carpathia is one of them. Carpathian. Carpathian. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. um, yeah, so I wasn't entirely yeah. sure which crew was on which boat. Gotcha. Yeah. So I stopped trying to follow the people. Okay. It also didn't help. I put the DVD in. Yeah. Went and got a glass of water. Came back and it said it was on. I hadn't flicked over to the right channel on my TV. Right. And it said it was on chapter two and was right, right. was going. It just went. So I was kind <laughs> yeah. of thrown off. And then I rewound to the beginning and found I've missed twenty three seconds, which were the rank <laughs> logo yeah. and the producer's name. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh. What can I say about a night to remember? I wasn't that engaged. Okay. Like I said, I couldn't find any people to follow. Right. Although there were lots of people, mm. I couldn't really differentiate between the characters. Right. Even, um, what's the main guy's name? It's not Bollinger. It's got, it's got O-double-L in it. What is it? Lightoller. 
Lightoller, there we go. Yeah. Apart Kenneth from him, Moore. yes. And it took me a while to pick up with him. Right. Um, I'm sensing this is why James Cameron added two fictional people and stuck a love story on his. So there was a kind of thread to follow. Yeah. See, I think that kind of undermines the whole Maybe it does. Thing. Yeah. But I sense this is an event that's actually difficult to make a movie about that will satisfy the right people in the right way. Okay. Interesting. It was, like I said, for me, it was missing a through story thread. Right. However, I was not entirely unentertained. Right. Um, the first half an hour, yeah. as you said, is hard going. It's 50s melodrama. Yeah. There is some unintentionally hilarious dialogue. There is, Particularly yeah. in the train carriage scene near the beginning. Yes, where he's got the, the, the advert of the soap and all that yes. kind of stuff. Are you yeah. foreign, perhaps, or a radical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every Britisher is proud of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Um. My my notes are just a series of random sentences. Right. <laughs> I did write, I can feel my upper lip stiffening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I kind of resorted just to just noting down things I liked. Okay. Uh, you talked about, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch the uh, yeah. documentary on the mm. other side of the disc. That sounds really weird, doesn't it, in the 21st century, the other side yeah, of the disc. Yeah, I know. It is like very rewinding strange. tapes. Yeah, you missed it. You missed this bloke in a lovely salmon pink jacket presenting mm. it. It was oh, it's very very um, cheap nineties DVD. Lovely, but you talked about the uh, the practical special yeah. effects that were on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are some very nice model shots, mm. uh, most of which slot in right shot in rice lip Lido. Yes, where yeah. I swam as a child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and many many extras came close to drowning. Yeah. Um, I really don't know what to say. Were there any? We sort picked of a pair of goodens this week. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Were there any sort of standout moments you particularly? There were a couple good of or? little things. What did I write? Um, the I've seen thousands of Dutch tilt shots. Yeah. And I've shot my fair share. Yeah. But some of the kids don't ever accidentally hook your mic cord with your finger. It almost ended in disaster there. Okie dokie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some of the tilted angles in this film I found quite unsettling. Yeah, they've picked just the right, yeah, the right angle to make it feel a bit weird. Yeah, um, there was a shot I did, I really liked, and then they kind of killed it by doing it twice more. Right, there's a shot of an empty restaurant. Yes, and a service trolley. Yeah, and the trolley, without warning, without provocation, yeah. without being touched, just slowly rolls down yeah. the floor and hits a pillar. Yeah. comes to rest against a pillar. Yeah. And then they do it again a couple of times more. Yeah, I think that that's I think that's kind of the point uh, where the film really kind of starts to go into the chaos of the the actual sinking and yeah. you get less of the 50s melodrama and it's just lots of people, you know, just trying to save their lives and you know, you get you get more interesting shots like that. Yeah. You know? There was a little a little sequence I really liked which went from the ringing of a bell on one ship to the yeah. ringing of the bell on another right. to uh, a I think it's a waiter stirring ice in a glass and making a ringing sound. Right. And that was just a really nice little sequence. Yeah. yeah, there's some lovely bits of sound design and and just nice slick little things. Like I mentioned last week, um, you hear all these really unnerving, horrific creaking noises, which would have been terrifying if yeah, you were yeah. there, which was just the set, mm. which was on a gimbal that they were lifting. And it was just the mechanism. And they just left it in because it was so atmospheric and it mm. just seemed to really settle. Mm. And then they had the the weird set outside at Pinewood, but that was built on a on a tilt. Yeah. And then they just altered the camera to make it level, 
and then altered it back the other way and even further to make it tilt twice as much as it already was. And I did read somewhere that the pages of the script had the de- mm. the degree of tilt written on yeah. them. So when things were shot out of order, yeah. that they, they could the- make sure that everything was right yeah, and yeah. the angle was correct. Yeah, getting the protractor out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was surprised by mm. was how angry I got, how annoyed I was that the evacuation procedure was all screwed up. Yeah, that I know. I was getting really yeah. annoyed that there weren't enough lifeboats. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the thing about this film is I think that it does bring out emotion in you, with, yeah. which you don't expect it to. No. Like I said, I wasn't massively engaged in this film. No. And then with maybe 90 minutes in, it's like, I am really bloody angry that not all these people <laughs> are going to get off this boat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't explain why. <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you mean. You kind of feel this outrage where you kind of think, well, if they just, if they just done that, or if they hadn't, if they'd done this, or they'd done that, and it's just procedures almost, mm. you know. And I think I saw recently on a documentary about it. I mean, there have been lots of documentaries recently mm. about this because of the, the centenary. Um, that it was based on this one disaster that there is now procedures in place for almost anything you yeah. can think of. Um, you know, and and now by law there has to be a seat in a lifeboat for every single person that is on any given ship, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. That you know, you think would just be common sense. There were other the other thing that really kind of got my dander up, if you like, <laughs> right. was uh, the blocking of steerage passages. Yes, and that they weren't even allowed to when it was a an emergency and a disaster. They weren't even allowed to walk through second and first class. Yeah, now to get to the deck to save themselves. And I'm like. It doesn't matter what class you travel in. These are human beings and should be allowed on a Abs- lifeboat. Absolutely, this and is, to live. This is one of the things I don't. Maybe know. not that Irish guy. He's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, there's always been a bit of debate as to whether the steerage passengers were locked down there or whether they were told they couldn't go certain ways or whatever. I think it's a reasonable assumption that they were they were held back in some way, whether it's yeah. quite to the degree that they say so in say Titanic or this. I don't know. I can't comment. But. Mm. Um, yeah, there was lots of things that you kind of thought, well, that, I mean, it it really highlights what a class-driven society it was. The other thing uh, you're mentioning that is how each class is told of that they have to get their life belts on. Yeah. The first class passengers each have someone come and knock on the door. I'm terribly sorry, sir. The captain has uh, yeah. recommended that we put our life belts on and uh, your warm clothes and get up to the deck. Yeah. A second class, it's hammering on the door and it's... Uh, Put your life belts on. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. Make your way to the deck. Steerage. Yeah. The guy just kicks the door and he's like, "Everybody up! We gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are lots of weirdly badly dubbed foreign people. I noticed. Oh really? I don't yeah. That. The um, the Irish jig scene. Yeah. Where the Irish fella likes to look at the girl on the other side. Yeah. Her mother. I don't know what language she was speaking, either on set or in the ADR studio, right. but they didn't match. Right. I think she was. Some supposed to be Russian, maybe or Polish. I don't Possibly, know. yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Um, what's that now? On the Ice Scout boat, which I think is the California, the one that's like ten yeah. miles away. Uh, yeah, the one that's ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the California. Is there some sort of gay affair going on between <laughs> the Morse code operator and the first opera, first officer? I've no idea. Where it's like, if you come back later. I'll let you listen if you like. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. It's all, it was all a bit repressed and right. homoerotic. And I thought, <laughs> I wondered if these two were going to get it on by the right. end of the movie. Well, it wasn't, you know, it was I wasn't like, hoping for no, it, no. but I just, it looked like it was heading that way. <laughs> right. 
Um, the other, there was another thing that made me. Well, there's lots of things that made me laugh. The captain of the Titanic gets a gets a hero shot where they're setting yeah. off the rocket. There's one where the guy sets off the rocket, and just as he does so, the captain walks through the trail. Yeah, it's like Jesus. What did you get that close for? Yeah, there, apparently, he was the spitting image of the captain. On the actual oh, really? Time. Yeah. And uh, the captain's family, like, I think, it, I don't know if it was his wife or it was his daughters, came to the set and mm. were just in tears because he, he looked so he much looked like him. So much Good like Lord. Him. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that I think kind of helped set this film apart from all the others is the fact that they had survivors on, on set advising. Mm. Um, and there was one guy, I think his name was Lawrence Beasley. He was a survivor from second class, mm. which. It's actually quite a feat because a lot of the first-class passengers got out. A lot of the steerage passengers managed to jump into the water and then get rescued afterwards. Mm. But a lot of the second-class passengers made their way to the lifeboats but were then held back because there wasn't enough room. Mm. So quite a lot of the middle classes and the second classes actually died as opposed to the lower ones, which you would, you would think. Mm. Um, but he uh, was on set while they were filming uh, a sequence where they, it was sinking and he tried to get onto the set to kind of symbolically go down with the ship. Okay. Because he felt that he needed to do that and they 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 wouldn't let him because mm. it, it you know it would have shut them the thing down for yeah, insurance yeah. and all this kind of stuff because they were all stunt performers. Yeah. Um but I think it's kind of kind of intriguing that he felt he had to do that and it was obviously I mean there must have been massive amounts of survivor guilt I would think. Yeah. You know. So it was I find that really interesting that the you know and there was the woman who's got the paper mache pig yeah well she um uh she the woman that actually was on the ship and had that paper mache pig was on set okay. and she gifted that pig to the guy that wrote the book and he's still got it wow um well as of that 90s documentary yeah, I was sure. talking about. Okay. <laughs> so i would imagine that his his kids have got it now but you know yeah so it was, i thought all that kind of was fascinating they actually had people there to say I mean, it was like this. It was like that, mm. which must have been, uh, you know, massive, aid, invaluable. But, yeah. Well, I know um, Walter Lord wrote the book, didn't he? Mm. And he researched it for twenty years yeah. before publishing mm. the book. Yeah. Um, you mentioned stunt performers. Mm. There are a couple of guys who take some pretty impressive flying leaps off the top deck into the water. Uh, yeah. Some yeah. of them, like in one take. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a one shot. Mm. I mean, there's, that's some, quite... there's some. I kept expecting because it's, you know, it's black and white and it's dark mm. and you can't quite see where the water is yeah. and exactly how much the ship has sunk and I was like it's going to hit the water a minute it's going to hit the water going to splash there we go <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. some of them are quite impressive it's quite a mm. distance they, ha they had another they had a ship that they painted up to look like yeah. the side of the Titanic and they made it list and you know is there some archive footage cut in near the beginning there is and yeah. it's not of the Titanic because they couldn't find it at the time oh. at, at the time of making the movie they they thought no Footage existed right. of the Titanic. I think because it's quite clearly a different stock in a is, different frame yeah. rate. I think some footage has been found since. since, right? But that footage they use, there's I think there's three different ships mm. and three different sources. I think one of them was a sister ship, right? So White Star Line had the right color scheme, wasn't quite as big. There was another ship that they used for some of the close-ups of the, it going in, and the th the third one was uh, from a Nazi propaganda film that was made about the Titanic. 
And they managed. Wait, what? There was a Nazi. There was a Nazi propaganda film about them about the sinking of the Titanic, and God knows what it was. Was our agents have done it again? Yeah, it seems really weird. You know, nineteen twelve got nothing to do with the war in nineteen forties. But uh, yeah, apparently there was a Nazi propaganda film that had something to do with the sinking of the Titanic in it, and they took footage from that. So how they even got hold of that film, I've no idea. That's utterly bizarre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, much like you and Porco Rosso. Yeah, I wasn't. Tremendously taken. Right. Uh, like I said, it got much more interesting once things started sinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if it was on TV, I'd probably just leave it on in the background. Right, okay. Um, there's enough stuff to just kind of look yeah. up and, and take in. Much like those 70s disaster yeah, movies, exactly, like Airport yeah. that we covered in yeah. episode two, I think it was. Yeah, and uh, what I said with Airport was that when I stopped paying attention, it became more yeah. fun. Yeah. Once I stopped trying to follow everybody's yeah. story, I think that might have been my problem here. I was Quite trying possibly. to find a cat, just a character or two to latch onto. Yeah. Because you get 15 to 20 people just introduced uh, in little 30 second scenes yeah, towards yeah. the beginning. And it's like, oh, well, who's, who's who am who? I following? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think with something like that, it's always a case of, you know, the, the, the event is the story you're following yeah. as opposed to a character. That yeah. You don't have a protagonist, as it mm. were. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose the only person that kind of fits that bill is Kenneth Moore. Yeah. Um, and even then, he's he's not he's know, not set up that well. Yeah, he's he's not you know he's not present in quite a few of the storylines. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Um, customer feedback. Oh okay. Don't have any. Oh really? Much like Porco Rosso, there's nothing below a three star review, right. and all the five star ones are well written. Right. I do. I did find though one note on the Blu-ray transfer. Oh really? Yeah. The film is too clean. In the scene where the captain takes the bullhorn and says "abandon ship" near the end, you can see the Pinewood car park in the background, along with a mound of dirt and a fence in what is supposed to be a very dark Atlantic Ocean. Oh really? <laughs> Details that are so clearly visible, which the DVD cannot pick up. Wow. Yeah. That's intriguing. Mm. Um, we also have uh, Phil Austin sent us uh, a review Excellent. because this film, because last weekend was the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, this yep. movie was on. Yes, which I didn't know when I pitched it to you. I, no. I mean, I, well, as soon as I found out, I tweeted it and put it on Facebook yeah, and what yeah. have you. But. Yeah, uh, well, Phil Austin watched it Perfect. on TV and uh, he sent a review. He says, 50s melodrama aside, it was a terrific depiction of the tragedy. Effects were tremendous, especially considering the age of the movie. I did notice that Cameron nicked a lot of the best scenes, the only good bits in his version, and made them worse. Right. There were quite a few actually outright shots I noticed yeah. that were just lifted wholesale. Yeah, I th- I think this after seeing it was when he saw this movie that kind mm. of picked up his interest in the in the events. Yeah. Uh, the film seemed quite politically damning for its time, with the depiction of the pompous nature of the upper classes and the mm. failure to properly prepare for disasters. Also, it didn't hold back in showing how bad some people behave when. Uh, when confronted with life-threatening situations. Right. This film showed there was no need to add a love story to the film. Screw you, Cameron. <laughs> nice. So that's what Mr. Austin has to say about uh, A Night to Remember. He also, he's been busy this week, he's also really? watched Warrior. Oh, wow, catching up. Yeah. Quite simply, a tremendous film. To be honest, I started off slightly disappointed as it wasn't immediately grabbing my attention as much as I'd hoped. But then it did, and when it does, boy, does it hold on tight and not let go. Mm. Unintentional MMA metaphor. <laughs> I love Nick Nolte's performance, and I really loved how the film doesn't push you towards towards supporting one brother or the other. I found myself flipping between support for each brother as the movie, and even the match itself went on. And when the final act played out, I unexpectedly found myself close to tears, which was not a reaction I was expecting for a movie like this. Mm -hmm. This was how good this movie was at drawing you in and making you care. 
I'm not an avid MMA fan. I've seen a few events, but this movie actually made me want to be. Definitely a must-see. Excellent. Oh, that's good. And further reviews. Oh, really? For what? Joe Edlin has watched A Town Called Panic. Oh, brilliant. Poor boy. (laughs) He says, I watched A Town Called Panic online after listening to the last episode. Uh, I don't know if he watched it legally. I'm going to assume he did. (laughs) And and after watching, ordered it immediately from Amazon. Oh, brilliant. Just bonkers, madcap lunacy. I nearly fell off my bed because of the the donkey drum solo. Not the drunky dom solo. (laughs) Who's drunky dom? That's a character. We've got to write him in something. yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> with light doses of subtle humour added in such as policemen and postmen looking at horses car wreck after the party it'll never pass inspection <laughs> this is a must for anyone who is a fan of surreal comedy or if you just want to see a good fun inoffensive film Stephen may possibly be my new favourite cam- character from a comedy film now <laughs> what would I want with their walls I've got my own walls <laughs> brilliant I'm glad I'm glad somebody's managed to track that down and enjoy it it is it's utterly mental and yeah. uh, I've got a feeling We'll end up coming back to it. I have a thing that people will we'll start, we'll start watching it and, and sending us reviews. Oh, I hope so. Indeed, yes. Go and watch A Town Called Panic and send us reviews. In Absolutely. fact, watch any of the films that we've talked about and yeah. send us reviews whether you like it or don't like yeah, it. Yeah, we need to make sure we, we've got to get the list on the blog up to date. Yes, we do. That's something I'm going to try yeah. and do. Pitch time? Yes. Who's going first? Um, I'll go first because you've just done a lot of talking. I have, actually. I'm quite tired. So um, I'm going to sit back with my glass of water and I'm going to let Tom speak. Okie dokie. In a very, very vague nautical theme, continuation. Oh, good. Come on, then. <laughs> Only in, ti- in title only. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pitch... The boat that rocked. No, I'm oh, going to pitch... Yeah, I'm going to pitch a film um, which I've, I, I was surprised I enjoyed. Uh, it's called Beyond the Sea. Oh, uh, Kevin Spacey as Bobby Darren? Yes. There we go. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. It's okay. Ke- Kevin, All right, bye. It, it's, yeah, it's a biopic of Bobby Darin. Mm. Uh, uh, Kevin Spacey directed it and plays the lead. Mm. He also co-wrote it. So it's kind of the Kevin Spacey show. Yeah. Um, what I really like about this film is that it's it's not a straightforward biopic. It's more of a kind of a portrait of the character of this man, Bobby Darin. So the film kind of kind of follows sequence of okay. events you know as a timeline but what it does to keep it kind of engaging and interesting is all the stuff in the 50s and 60s is shot like a 50s and 60s musical okay and it feels like a 50s and 60s musical and then as you get into like the 70s or late 60s 70s it gets a bit more dramatic and a bit more like a, a dramatic 60s or 70s movie yeah um which really suits the way the story goes and and, and the events of his life mm-hmm. um now, Kevin Spacey is renowned as being a A-list, fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about him that a lot of people don't know, some um, some people do, but one of the, the kind of hidden talents he has is he's a brilliant impressionist. Yes, I've uh, I've seen him do impersonate other people yeah. on on TV shows. And yeah, and he, I mean, things, yeah. occasionally you'll find these little clips of him doing something. I think one of the ones I saw, he did a, a Saturday Night Live sketch where he did audition tapes for famous actors auditioning for Star Wars. Okay. So he did like Christopher Walken auditioning for the part of Han Solo and Walter <laughs> Matthau in uh, auditioning for the part of Obi Wan Kenobi. Marvelous. Um, and I mean, they're flawless impersonations, mm. but he kind of can take it one step further. And he can do singing impressions. Um, and as much as I hate Frank Sinatra, he can do a 
a phenomenal impression of Frank Sinatra's mm. voice. Um, but the one he's best at, because I, th- I guess Bobby Darin's voice is quite close to Spacey's natural voice, mm. is is Bobby Darin. He just, I mean, my wife has got the soundtrack to this film and she's got the original Darren recordings. Mm-hmm. And if anyone, any of them come on shuffle when we're listening to music, we always play the Spacey or Darren game. Nice. Uh, and I have I have heard his rendition yeah. of Beyond the Sea, and yeah. you can hear some spacey in it, but it is very very, very cl- yeah. close. Yeah, there are others which the only way you can tell the difference is you have to listen to the production of the audio. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, because he he basically uh, was given access to all of the original orchestrations which Darren did himself mm-hmm. by the family once they'd heard him sing. Wow. Because they basically said you sound so much like him you have to have these original scores because that's how he wanted it. And if you're going to be him, you have to follow this because this is his, this, these were law for him. This okay. was how, how he put his foot down. So the orchestrations, are, uh, uh, you know, the only difference you will hear is the fact that the, the Darren stuff was recorded on tape and the Spacey stuff would have been recorded digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm assuming unless they decided to try and do it on tape, but I don't think sure. they did. But even so, there's still, even with any kind of, advanced in technology and even with the uh, I guess if you did try and use original gear yeah. that will have aged since. yeah exactly yeah. so you're going to get some kind yeah, of difference yeah. and even like the difference in a room yeah exactly it's going yeah. to make yeah. the recorded product sound different yeah um, so I mean it is truly phenomenal so it, I'm, I urge people if, if people uh, you know listening won't have the opportunity to see the film I urge you to see if you can get on like YouTube or, or iTunes or wherever and just see if you can hear Spacey and Darren doing the same song Mm-hmm. Just to hear the comparison, you get the idea of how really spot on his impersonation is. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find absolutely amazing about this movie is that there's been an idea of doing a that Bobby Darren biopic for a long time. Mm. And when you watch this film, only Kevin Spacey could have done it. But at various stages, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, Bruce Willis and Johnny Depp were all in the running to play Bob- Bobby Darren. I can't imagine any of those exactly. people doing it. I know. And it, it was all at varying times, not necessarily the same projects and things sure. like that. Um, and, you know, I think I think it, technically there were 20 writers credited on this movie because it had taken so long and so many versions. Yeah. But the, the final one was, uh, I, I can't remember what the other guy was called, but Kevin Spacey was one and then, then this other guy. Mm. Um and it's one of those rare projects. Normally, projects like this come to the point where they finally get made because the rights are going to run out, and yeah. it's a bit slapdash. Whereas this, I think, is really good, really excellent film. And um, there's a title card at the end that kind of says, "Okay, we've messed about with the timeline a bit. These events, you know, this is a portrait, not you know, 100% real, and all that kind of stuff." But it kind of fits, and and they make it work. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a good solid drama. You'll be amazed at how many Bobby Darren songs you actually know and yeah. didn't realise you knew. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's entertaining. It's funny in places. There's brilliant supporting cast. Um, particularly look out for Caroline Aaron who plays uh, Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go too much into her character, but she's one person to watch out for because she gets some fantastic scenes. Um, you know, and you've got John Goodman, Bob Hoskins, Brenda Blethyn, and Kate Bosworth as the kind of the main supporting cast. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie, and it's um, like I said, it's one that I I had no idea that I'd enjoy. 
Marvellous. Well, it's um, it's something that's been bubbling under, something I've been kind of meaning to see. Yeah. It's like I'd flick through Netflix and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. Uh, I'd, I'd like mentally file it away as something yeah. to come back to. And then I'd go up and be like, oh, I'll, actually, I'll watch that instead. I'll yeah. watch a stupid kung fu movie instead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for pitching this because uh, oh, cool. I do want to see it. Excellent. Despite not actually being a massive fan of either Kevin Spacey or Bobby Darren. No, I mean... Not like an active fan of these people. No, no, but, no. Yeah. no. I mean, I could name a few films that I've seen Kevin Spacey and I, I really like. I could name a few that I've seen him and I really don't like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think this is... The, I think he was... If there's one film that he was born to make, it it's was this. Marvellous. Despite the fact that he was older when he made it than Bobby Darren was... Bef- you know, uh, yeah, he was older than Bobby Darren when he died, if that makes right. sense. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah... He was definitely born to make this movie. Um, good film. Okie dokie. Now, this week, I didn't really know what to pitch you. Yeah. I was kind of floundering. Um, I had no idea. Um, and on Monday night, without really even paying attention, just because it was sitting on my shelf and I'd never watched it, I popped a DVD in mm. and pressed play. And when I got to the end, I sent you a text message. Yes. Which was, can you remember? It was... Uh, now would be a good time to tell me you haven't seen A Few Good Men. Marvellous. Um, and you haven't seen A Few Good Men. I haven't, no. So this week I'm pitching you A Few Good Men. <laughs> Excellent, I thought you might. Uh, I watched it because uh, I'm kind of, not in a mad rush to, but I'm kind of slowly collecting all of Aaron Sorkin's works. Right. Okay. He wrote this, it's based on uh, his stage play. Okay. Uh, which he sold for six figures before it even hit the stage. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. He sold the movie rights right, in 1988, and this was eventually made in 1992. Wow, okay. Um, let me do a bit of a plot for you. Yeah, sure. Tom Cruise is a lieutenant, or lieutenant, as you'll repeatedly hear, because it's American, <clears throat> junior grade Daniel Caffey. He's an inexperienced naval lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of those brilliant but reckless types. Oh, right, like in Top Gun. Like in Top Gun. And, and in uh, Days of Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's Tom in, Cruise. Yeah. He's Tom Cruise, but, you know, he's passed the bar. Right. Uh, he gets teamed with the more... <laughs> like exper- in the firm, then? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he gets, teams with the more, gets teamed with the more experienced Joanne Galloway, who's played by Demi Moore, uh, and Sam Weinberg, who's Kevin Pollock. Or Kevin Pollock, who's Sam Weinberg. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, to defend two Marines who are accused of murdering another member of their unit. Right. Uh, the man who died isn't very wasn't very good at being a Marine, and it's suspected that he died of a result of a code red, which is Marine code for their kind of unofficial, somewhat violent self policing self policing methods. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, standing between uh, Cruz and his friends, and they're getting to the bottom of the case, are Colonel Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, right. who is the commander of the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Kendrick, Lieutenant Kendrick, who's Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Uh, and the prosecution lawyer, who happens to be one of Cruz's friends, uh, Captain Jack Ross, who is Kevin Bacon. Right. And as the film progresses, we find out who ordered who to do what and who's covering up what. Okay. Uh, it's kind of set, it's set between two places, set between Washington uh, and Guantanamo Bay, where the incident took place. Right. Um, as I said, it was written by Sorkin from his own play. Uh it came to him uh, in a phone call from his sister, mm. who was a naval lawyer, right. and she rec- recounted a case to him of nine Marines beating up on one in a, in this kind of code red type wow. case. That guy didn't die, no. but it inspired Sorkin yeah. to write this. Not only is it written by Aaron Sorkin, William Goldman did an uncredited rewrite. Wow. 
And Sorkin was so impressed by Goldman's new dialogue and the story changes mm. he made to kind of tighten it a bit. He incorporated them into the play that was already running. Wow. On, uh, either on or off Broadway. Right. Um, rewrote the play. Uh, and republished it, and that that's now the version that's performed. It oh, wow. incorporates the Goldman changes. Interesting. Also, Steven Spielberg did a dialogue pass on Really? This. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's also directed by Rob Reiner, so there's some good pedigree Rob, going yeah, in here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, on top of Cruz, Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Su- Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Pollock, uh, and um, J.T. Walsh is the other yeah. main actor in this, you get a bunch of one-scene cameos. Mm-hmm. From Noah Weil, or is it Weil or Wiley? I can never it's remember. Wiley. Yeah. Noah Wiley, Cuba Gooding Jr., Xander Berkeley, Joshua Molina, who you may remember from The West Wing and Studio 60. Yes. Who's one of Sorkin's best friends, which is why he turns up in everything that <laughs> right, okay. Sorkin's in. And Christopher Guest. Oh, cool. So there's there's no end of fine actors and fine acting going on in this film. Right, okay. Um, some of the courtroom scenes or electric stuff right? with Cruz on one side and Kevin Bacon on the other verbally sparring uh-huh. and you feel or I felt at least re- you feel really good when Cruz gets the best of them right. and gets comes out on top and right. also you, there's kind of you get there's a sense of you get a, just a little bit crushed every time they the Marines get one yeah, back yeah. on him in the courtroom yeah yeah uh, and it's just these two it's it's Sorkin dialogue yeah. so they're rattling backwards and forwards yeah. not as fast as you'd expect in the West Wing right have you ever seen The American President no so no, that's written by Aaron Sorkin right. it's kind of almost it's like a blueprint for, for West the West Wing, Wing. Yeah. yeah it's like it's a West Wing episode done at half speed to fill out to two hours right okay interesting so it's all it's Sorkin dialogue and Sorkin plotting yeah, yeah. but slowed down so coming out of people's mouths slower right which is and this is kind of in the same vein right this is his first ever screenplay okay um and the film was nominated for four oscars blimey yeah um n- one of them wasn't screenplay oh nominated for best picture best supporting actor for jack nicholson right. who's in it for three scenes wow yeah uh best editing and best sound okay um uh i talked about the acting uh, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise yeah. Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson he's a three scene cameo and Donald Sutherland in places comes dangerously close to a caricature yeah well that, it's interesting because when you sent me that text mm. I met, my wife was sitting next to me and I watched it and, and I, I said what you text me and she said oh god you're watching that on your own because she's already seen it right. and, I, and I asked her you know, why why didn't you like it and she said that she found the acting really hammy mm. Um and I'd be interested to see, I'm going to try and persuade her to watch it again. Mm-hmm. So having seen The West Wing and, yeah. and now kind of, and things like Charlie Wilson's War, being a bit more in tune with uh, Aaron Sorkin and, and, mm. that, and that kind of thing, whether she'll enjoy it more now than she did before. Sorkin TV and Sorkin movies are often quite different beasts. They are, yeah, absolutely. But um, I mean, if you take something like Charlie Wilson's War, again, it's, it's got that same sort of feel. Which I haven't seen. I know you time. haven't. I, I will do. Okay. Um, if I find a copy, because I don't right, know okay. one. Okay. Um, it's got that. It's 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 got that feel mm. like you have in the West Wing, but slower. Yeah. It's a bit more considered and a bit more, you know. Yeah. A bit slower. People take their time a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really keen to see this. Mm. So I'm um, really intrigued by it. Your wife does have a point about the hammy acting. The famous right. grandstanding scene yeah. is Nicholson and Cruz up to eleven. Yeah, and 
I'm making a, a weird gesture. If you could see, if you could see, you'd know what I mean. It's kind of yeah. you kind of expect it. It's two guys who've seen this. These two or three patients have gone. Oh, I can't wait to get my teeth into this. <laughs> yeah. and boy, howdy, do they? Yeah. Um, Kevin Bacon, I think, gives the best, most measured performance throughout oh, the whole okay. thing. He's right. kind of he does a lot of just showing up in things of being Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and in this. I kind of get the feeling that on occasion he was actually acting. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything against Kevin Bacon. No, no. He's, you know, he's not someone who shows up and... He's normally the sort of thing where you go, and, oh, and Kevin Bacon's in it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and then occasionally you'll be like, oh, he's, he, Kevin Bacon in that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here he's kind of given a chance to do something. Yeah. Much with like um, X-Men Last Stand. Exactly, Rather yes. than just being Kevin Bacon supporting cat. You mean supporting first actor. Class. What did I say? Last stand. Oh, God, no, he's not in that one. No, no, no first, class. first class. is what I meant, yeah. yeah. Um, so rather than just being, oh, yeah, let's just get Kevin Bacon, yeah. he is actually portraying Even, yeah. a character. And mm. like I said, I think he comes out quite well in the in the acting stakes. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything more to say. That's, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen to see this. You can kind of, um, I guess with the writing, you can kind of see that, this is the uh, this is unpolished, rough-hewn Sorkin. Even right. though it got the Goldman Pass yeah, and the, yeah. the Spielberg Pass, yeah. you can see that this is this is the raw talent, and right. eventually, the corners will be buffed off, oh, and it yeah. will become West Wing, and it will become Social Network, and yeah. here's your Oscar, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting look at where somebody started, where a writer started. Yeah, I'll have to um, I'll have to see if I can get or if I've got on. On a PVR or something, uh, Charlie Wilson's War. I'm sure mm. I taped it at some point. I don't know if I've still got it on there though, because um, that that was one of those movies where I went, oh, it's got Tom Hanks in it, and you know, post post um, like sort of Forrest, Forrest yeah, Forrest <laughs> Gump and later Tom Hanks is always a hit and miss. There's a couple of good yeah. ones, but you know, uh, and Julia Roberts, who I can't really stand, is in it as well. Mm. Um, but then it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman. You think, oh. You know, mm. and then it's Aaron Sorkin, and it, and it's a great movie. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll see if I can dig that out and, and pitch it to you at some point. Why don't, I just, why don't I just go and buy it, and then you can pitch it to me? If I'm doing a Sorkin collection, yeah, that's true. Why don't yeah, just go and buy it, yeah. and then yeah. I won't watch it. I'll just hand you the disc straight away. Good idea. With the price sticker and the cellophane yeah, still on absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah, because I need to watch it again. So, okay, cool. okay. So next week, uh, it's very nautical. Next week, it is beyond the sea and a few good men. Yeah. I don't think there's any scenes on a boat in A Few Good Men. No. In actual fact... uh, There aren't any in Beyond the Sea either. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) In actual fact, Cruz Cruz, uh, mentions his uh, distaste for going in airplanes and on the water. Right. At one point in the film. Yeah. Um, Yes, next week, A Few Good Men Mm -hmm. and uh, Beyond the Sea. Yeah. Tremendous. Which I don't... You'll have to see what you think if you class Beyond the Sea as a musical or not. Okay. Because Does not, anybody burst out in song out of context to explain the plot? Not really, no. Then it's not a musical. Watch it. If somebody starts singing for no reason, <laughs> yeah, no, don't then that's that. a musical. Yeah. That was pretty good, I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, well, just see what you think. Watch it and, and see if you think it, it, it's a musical or not. Okay. Because I wasn't sure. My wife says it's not. All right. Although it is classed as such on IMDb. Yeah. It's one of the categories. It's under. I don't know. I, I was a <laughs> maybe bit maybe it's it is musical rather than it is a musical. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 Because we haven't had a, a 
full-blown musical pitch on here yet, have we? Mind you, the closest seen? was Team America. Yeah, yeah, it probably was actually. I still wouldn't class that as a musical though. No, but characters do yeah, break out. That, in that's song. true. Yeah. I'm not sure if I like a musical enough to actually pitch one. Though. No, me neither. So there must be one. Oh, I'll have to look at my. DVD I don't mind Little Shop of Horrors. I have seen that. I don't know. I'll have to look at. Uh, I'll have to look at the the shelf at home. Maybe we could do a musical special. Well, yeah, yeah. See if we can find oh, two. God. <laughs> um, Anyway, on let's that. do let's do the plugs and yeah. let's go before this uh, gets out of hand. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so as always, we you know we've had some great feedback from from Phil Austin and today's show and Joe Edlin and so anyone else, if you've watched anything we've covered and not just the stuff we're covering in the last few episodes, if you've only just watched Team America or Andromeda Strain or Faster Pussycat Kill Kill right from the beginning of the series, um, send us tweets on at hys podcast put comments on our facebook page on facebook.com forward slash have you seen podcast um you can go to the blog uh, and comment on any of the pages we've got there a blog um, which i'm trying to keep updated yeah uh, and that's uh, bit.ly forward slash hys podcast um and then the easiest way if you've got a lot to say just email us uh, at um hyspodcast at gmail.com excellent expertly done thank you uh, I need to do something now what do I need to do I need to do the thanks you do inexpertly done <laughs> yeah thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio uh, which makes us sound lovely well actually no I make us sound lovely with the use of some expensive software yes uh, and thanks to Alexia Mum who puts all these on the internet for us and provides lots of very helpful online services absolutely such as where you live <laughs> yeah that, that makes it sound nice and sinister it, it's a bit creepy it's yeah. a bit creepy if you have friends in a foreign country get them to listen to this show yeah because one of the things Alexia's done is produced a map for yeah. us which shows us where we're downloaded yeah and I want to conquer the world right it's not it, like, it took us ages to break South America yeah, it took us ages to get someone in Russia to listen yeah. I want someone on every continent I want someone to go to Antarctica, Antarctica and download down this <laughs> yeah it should be said that it's not a particularly accurate map you know, we can. It's we accurate can, enough. Yeah, I'm can, after countries, not, yeah, exactly. not streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not going to kind of suddenly turn up on your doorstep that way. Want to know? <laughs> and with that in your mind, yeah. dear listener, I think it's time for us to go. I think so, definitely. Right, so uh, it'll be an interesting week next week, I think, with um, our Aaron two not remotely and, movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. All right. All right, let's let's go. <laughs> Bye. Bye.